Hello and welcome to the Project Cycling Podcast. Today we speak to Emma Pratt off the back of her very impressive win at the recent Grafton to Inverell. We hope you enjoy. Welcome Project Cycling. Uh, um, Stan Cotter here and uh, with me as usual is Ben Carmen and Trent Carmen. Uh, welcome gents, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back. Seems like I just saw you. <laughs> uh, and we're very excited today. So on the on the um, episode today, we've got Emma Pratt from Women's Racing Project. Uh, correct me if I got that wrong, Emma, but how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here today. Obviously, off the back of a uh, fantastic 2021 graft into Imperial, which we're going <laughs> to dive into shortly. But uh, yeah, very excited to have you on the project. So thanks very much for coming along. Oh, thank you. So I suppose without too much fanfare and ado, we've uh, we've heard from um, on our previous episode of the podcast, we've heard of uh, from some of the men who competed at the Grafton Inverell, and now we've uh, taken it to the big hitters, and we want to hear from the number one number one lady for the uh, twenty to twenty one Grafton Inverell. So talk us through it. How was your uh, how was your campaign? Yeah, it was. I had a big lead up into the race. Lots of training went into that. So. When it was finally race day, it was kind of a relief that it had come up so quickly. And um, yeah, I was keen to get in there. I raced it Grafton to Inverell in 2000 and was it 19? It wasn't on in 2020 because of COVID, but I didn't make it any further than that first feed zone. So massive goal of mine has been to finish the race. And that was my main goal, um, just to get in there and get from Grafton to Inverell. Um, yeah, I had came in with some fitness, so yeah, that's how it played out. Well, it, it certainly seems like that training paid off because um, you um, not only did you make it to in, to Inverell, you were, um, I believe, you were actually in the front, well, the main group. Um, I think there was one solo rider off the front yeah. in in Division Three, um, like of the men as well, and then you were in in that sort of main group yeah yeah so i i was with all those men at the start and so were all the other girls all of them are really strong i know of some of them some i don't know as well um up the climb obviously broke up quite a bit and i actually i i wasn't quite on the pace the whole way up the climb dropped off a little bit towards the end and some other some other of the guys dropped off as well and we did a bit of an effort to get back on just before that first feed zone. There's about 30 of us in that front group all the way until the end with that one guy off the front. So it's a big bunch of us. <laughs> yeah, because you done like, is it seven hours 10? Is that right? About uh, seven, that? I think it was 7.15. But 7.15, I'll, I'll take I'll take 7.10. <laughs> 7.15, that is, that's actually, that's a quick time. That's a very, yeah. very good time. Yeah. Even like, yeah, that's a very good time. Oh, yeah. we were very lucky with the conditions on the day this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And and how was it when you got to? I mean, because given given how your your previous attempt went, like I know everyone who races it always always says that when you get to Gleninus, um, where the second feed station is, that's kind of when basically everything gets real. Um, mm. You know, just every, <laughs> every one of those rolling hills on the way out of town there. Yeah. Um, 
is when it gets proper hard. How was that that punch on from Glen Innes to the finish for you? Why uh there's that last the very, very last climb before it goes downhill into the end. I found that one a little bit tough. And then I think it's the last KOM. I forgot what that one's called, but that one was pretty tough as well, just to do an effort over. I was very lucky in the group of guys I was in to get pulled over. And I think even one of those I I wasn't quite on the pace, but then there was other guys there. So I was I was able to get back on on the descent after. But I actually, I was quite surprised um, by the second half of the race from that first feed zone till the end because I'd never raced that part of Grafton Team Varel before. I had been told about the course, but I'd never done that part of the course. And the, like, the hardest part for me was Gibraltar. And then after that, I found it, it was a little bit nicer, actually. <laughs> I, think, I think you're the only person who's come away from the race with that verdict. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you chain, change this time compared to last time? Like, was it more yeah. long rides, more intensity? What I did. did yeah. So last time, that was pretty much like Grafton was my big, like, starting back training again because I took – I took some time off racing for a couple of years there. I came back into it socially and then Grafton was kind of, I'd been racing a little bit, but Grafton was like, okay, I, this is an event that I have to train for. Otherwise I'm not going to make it to the end. Did a big training block for that, but I was only about 16 weeks back into proper training before that attempt in 2019. And then this year I had two years of training under my block, um, and I, I focused really hard on it because it was a massive goal this year to do well at Grafton. Um, and we had, like, I think my biggest week was 28 and a half hours riding, um, which was like, I think I had two or three seven-hour rides in that week with some five-hour rides as well. Just And I even, oh, there was one week I did, I went up, because I'm at Southport now, I went up Beachmont, down the backside of Beachmont, and then up over to Canungra, up O'Reilly's, back down to Canungra, and then back up over Beach One and back home. And I think it took me like seven and a half hours. It was the hardest ride I've ever done. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I, I spoke to you at the end of the. I spoke to you at the end of the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Main, and you're like, oh, you just got to pick the right group to make sure you get up 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 yeah. and I think you may be downplaying it a little bit on the back of some uh, some pretty solid training. Yeah. <laughs> My, yeah, my I, coach definitely pushed me hard into that. <laughs> I can I can second that. That ride you just um, training ride you just described, yeah. I've actually done, and that that <laughs> rates yeah. up. Yeah, that rates up oh. there with one of the hardest days on the bike I've done as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my my boyfriend said he's done it before, like with one other person, and he said it was really tough. I did the whole thing, like it. I mean, it wasn't fast, but I did it solo until. Um, he met me at Canangra and rode back over Beachmont back home. And so it was just, it was pretty much the whole thing solo. And <laughs> it, I enjoyed it though. It was, the training was good fun. It was hard, but it was good fun. Yeah. It does make it easy when you enjoy that endurance. Yeah. Endurance kind of riding. Yeah. And just get your head around it. It is going to be seven hours today. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it. it is a nice change from, waking up doing a ride going to work or going to uni afterwards whereas I had quite a few days where I wasn't working in the lead up 
because I couldn't with some of those seven hour rides and wake up, I'd ride all day and I'd be like, okay, cool. This is just a riding day. Get home, eat, shower, and then go back to bed for a bit. <laughs> so did you plan that annual leave or take time off work so you could train um, and prepare for growth? I'm so I'm on a uni placement at the moment, almost finished a 20 day full-time placement. So that's, I started that uh, two weeks before Grafton, which was definitely needed a lot of planning around that to get it done. Cause I've been at, um, I'm studying teaching. I've been at school from seven 30 till four Monday to Friday in that two weeks before Grafton. Um, but then the rest of my work I'm doing at the moment is all like part-time or casual stuff. So I can kind of work it around my training at the moment. Uni with COVID has become so flexible, which is really nice. Um, and then there was some public holidays too, which made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Had, and, but so you, you got the 28 hour weeks in okay. Cause that's, there's some yeah. pretty big weeks to juggle. Yeah. I, I, work uni. I could not work or do much study in those weeks. To be honest, I was riding and going back to bed, <laughs> <laughs> riding, recovering, eating, sleeping. Yeah, well, 28 hours on the bike is basically, you know, best part of a full-time job. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The training, so yeah. you don't, don't really have a lot of other time or free to, yeah. um, to do much else. Actually, in that, in that same O'Reilly's ride, I stopped on the side of the road. I think it was – I'd done a seven-hour ride the day before and I'd woken up early because I wanted to get going and I'd stopped on the side of the road because I got a flat, I think, like an hour and a half into the ride and I was like, oh, no, this is – and some – some guy rode past me, helped me out with it. Um, I don't actually know who it was, but he he asked me if I ride full time, and I'm like, it feels like it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you got to do to do well at a race like Raft, and you do have to yeah, take it yeah. serious, yeah, and, and make those sacrifices and plan ahead because yeah. it is it's a tough beast. That really, it is the toughest oh, race in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure, oh. and. Um, it, I mean, it clearly paid off because when we say you won, I, I actually haven't mentioned my favorite part about that win was the 14 minute gap back to second place. Um, <laughs> were you aware that that's the, the lead you had towards the end of the race? Oh, I definitely up the climb. I knew there was no girls in front of me there, like up Gibraltar. Um, and then I knew I kind of, I just had to stay in front of them then then I got back onto the bunch of guys and there was a couple in the bunch riding past me like next to me asking oh is there any other girls in this bunch and I'm like no I haven't haven't seen any so I just I just got to stick in here and I'm gonna be okay then yeah that's impressive so I I I do um, remember being at the finish and I was I was actually talking to your dad there yeah (laughs) and um I I was asking how you were going and he just really played down how you were going <laughs> un, un, until he was like, oh yeah, but she's doing okay. There's 10 minutes back to the next girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, he was thinking of racing it this year. Last minute he was asking me, he's like, oh, do you want me in there to, to race alongside you? Cause he's done it. I think at least five times finished the race. Um, and Jess has obviously done it. She won it in 2000 and, 2018 I believe she won it um which was tough conditions then I was supporting that race and 
it was freezing in the feed zone and I didn't want to get out of the car to feed her. Um, <laughs> it was real windy that year too, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a tough year. <laughs> and did you um, yeah. obviously so, say to your dad, you might not be able to hold my wheel? If you're <laughs> dad. I, I, I knew I, I had been riding a little bit, oh, probably not more hours than him. He does ride a lot. I think some of some of you guys know how much he rides. Um, but I'd be doing a bit more intensity than him, definitely. I think, I think he spends more time on the bike than what he actually spends off the bike. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what time you get, leave the house, you go for a drive, and you just see him riding. It's like, oh, there he is. There's Tony. Like, yeah. he loves it. I mean, it's good to see somebody who loves it. But yeah, he's on the bike. Yeah. Oh, he just purely enjoys it. I don't. I don't know how he fits in work and everything like sleep i don't i don't know how he does it i think when he went down to tour down under um the last time it was on because i think jess was racing down there so he went down to support and have a bit of a holiday i think he wrote, wrote a thousand k's in the week just just for fun he came back pretty tired but <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't come back at all i'd still be in a fetal position on the side of the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah i suppose um you spoke before Emma, just about obviously how you change things between 2019 and 2021 yeah. physically, as in yeah. you didn't just do a 16-week block, you had two years yeah. under your belt and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If you don't mind me, I suppose, asking, was there a bit of a psychological barrier to get over having – and, look, I'm asking for a friend who may not have completed <laughs> it this year, but is there a bit <laughs> of a psychological barrier coming back with that intent to at least finish it? And obviously, you know, the, the benefit is you did as well as you did. But yeah, how did you how did you manage that? Oh, I think definitely. Um, I one thing coming in this year, um, two years ago, I was very like I was obviously very nervous for the race this time, but I was very very nervous and I stressed out a bit leading up to it, which is obviously using up a bit of your energy. And I really worked on making sure the lead up, like the last two weeks or so, as little stress as I could, recovering as much as I could. Um, making sure my like nutrition was absolutely on point, but then also knowing the course already, um, I knew I was coming into it like with really, really good fitness. I'd nailed my training, really good form, but also I think I, I had really good support as well. I had the person who was supporting me had told me like exactly where I needed to be at certain times, like um, it would be good to do a good hit out. I had some stem notes, good hit out over that first Q, uh, QOM, KOM to get the legs going and like feel confident in my ability to go up against some of those other strong girls. Um, I knew I had to, had to be up there ready to go up Gibraltar up the front because um, that was going to be the toughest part for me going up that climb. And then knowing as well that there's, there is a little a little bit of descent after that first feed zone. And if I was in a big group that I'd get the time to recover and that I could just push over those two or three minute climbs on the way back in. And I had I knew I had the endurance at least. It was just getting up over those hills really for me and eating. I was excited about the I had I had some nice, nice food in the feed zones. Very excited about that. <laughs> I suppose it's one of those courses, isn't it, that, um, like you said, having that, having ridden at least part of it beforehand, you had a bit of knowledge of it and, yeah. and had um, your coach and, and your support who had a lot of yeah. knowledge of the course too. Uh, yeah. and, and, and 
being up in Queensland, it's not something you can go down and just do a recon ride of <laughs> at the drop of a hat. Like it's, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's an overnight trip essentially to head down and, yeah, and do a course yeah. recce and then come back. So um, I suppose that might help a little bit. Mm. I know previous- some of the some of the NRS um, teams did a course recon of the I think a- ACA did one of the second half of the race because um, the NRS girls had that um, from Gibraltar to Inverell race and they went and and saw it before they had raced it. But I don't know. I did I did kind of like not knowing what that second part was like, but just knowing the key points to get to the end. If I got to this part. I was going to be okay. If I got to this part, I was going to be okay. Like you said, too, that second part was a piece of cake anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Your friend should have kept riding, Damo. Sounds like it was all downhill from Gibraltar. Mate, that's it. Yeah, my friend pulled out at the wrong time. He just passed the feed zone, should have knuckled on. You'll have, which, you'll which have to let your friend zone, know that. <laughs> which feed zone did this friend get to? Uh, maybe, the... One, maybe the first one. That's see. That's where I got the first time I did the race. So just wait two years, and you'll probably well probably even one. I didn't get to last year because of COVID, but and then yeah. you'll finish and win the next time. Lock it in. You heard yeah. it here first, people. <laughs> yeah, your friend's gonna do real well next time, <laughs> as long as he can train twenty eight hours a week. <laughs> Look, not all my weeks were twenty eight. I can definitely say that, but most of them were probably 15 to 25 is the average. Uh, is that yeah. all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah just another one. Them up, yeah. They weren't 28, <laughs> they were 25. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I know you mentioned earlier that Jess, um, and that's for those who don't know, that's your older sister, um, one did has won the race in the past. Did that play a big part in your motivation to do well there? Oh, look, definitely. She's, she was a big help with me getting back into racing a couple years ago. And then um, I shouldn't, but I, I do sometimes compare myself to how well she's done in her racing and seeing her name on that list of the ladies winners of the 228K race, um, along with some other big names like Brody Chapman's on there, Holly Ranson. Um, I forgot who else, but Jess as well. Um, and I was like, I want my name up there with my sister. That would be cool. Most importantly, who done a faster time? You or Jess? <laughs> it was it was me. Boom, <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> Not that she's looked at it, but you're definitely yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> or or reminded Jess. <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess that question is a very clear window into how my childhood was with Trent. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to have some sibling rivalry, but it's also it's it's a bit of pressure and a bit tough sometimes too because it's you want to beat the other. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's not like you know Jess is only a little rider; she only went what, pro last year <laughs> <laughs> in one of the biggest teams as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, Canyon Shram, so just yeah. a, just a little team she cracked. <laughs> I was going to ask Emma Rum. You, you touched on before you said obviously you you know you now and uh, Jess and some of those other those other um, girls have won that two to eight um, distance. Yeah. It, and uh, we brought this up previously in one of our other podcasts about the difference in the NRS women's and the NRS mm-hmm. men. Obviously, the I NRS did listen women. to this one actually. Oh, you, did you hear my rant? Or 
before I got cut off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before Ben redirected it. So it, it definitely um, leads me to ask that question, I suppose. What's your thoughts on that? Obviously, you've mm. shown that, you know, um, females are more than capable, obviously, of going the distance mm. and, to be honest, capable of tallying up 90% of men in the field. So what do you think about that shortened race for the NRS series for the women? I think, well, I like I had the choice. I didn't know that they were going to do the shortened NRS until I think it was the cutoff date for early bird entry. And so I had emailed and I was asking all about it because um, if they did do the longer one, I might have thought about racing the NRS this year because there would have been more girls in it and that would be really good, really good um, competition there, push us a little bit further. But, yeah, the girls are more than capable of doing the 228Ks um, and a lot of them actually I think would quite like the distance. I, was, I had quite a few girls and men comment after I had raced on the fact and some of the girls in the NRS as well wanting a longer race, but I think they just they didn't have the numbers. There's not enough of them wanting to do it or, yeah, I think there wasn't enough teams or enough people in the teams wanting to do that full 228 Ks. Cause we're not, we're not constantly racing that far like the men are. So it would be a bit of a change in training, I guess, but yeah, we're more than capable of doing it. It is a great race and it's really tough and it's nice to have that longer race in there. Um, but yeah, it does, it does def- definitely need to be publicized a bit more for the women in order for them to go and enter and race that. And a little bit earlier on as well to give the time for those girls to start training for. Um, but then we need more people in general watching the women's racing and, and following the women's racing to get that um, publication going. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. you don't promote it, people don't participate, and, and, and you know, yeah, yeah. participation numbers are promotion comes with that. So they go hand in glove, but yeah. Um, it's and it definitely doesn't take anything away from anybody who's won that 228 kilometer distance. As you know, that's a it's brutal and you know it's a fantastic yeah. achievement. It would just be so great to see a larger. Oh, it would be awesome, yeah. And yeah. I think the if some girls started doing it, some others would follow them too. Because yeah. I, I mean, I think the first time I did it was because some of my mates from QUT Cycling Club they were all racing, and I was like, okay, they're racing it, I will. So I feel like it would be the same effect if some some more girls and there are some strong girls that have raced it in the past and continue racing it but if some more of the just more girls got in and and raced that far it is a weird predicament to have the what's supposed to be the top tier women's race Mm. do a shorter version yeah than the second like what they kind of class as division two women like it doesn't yeah and they didn't even get the climb in there either did they no so they've done like 2,000 metres less climbing. Yeah. They missed a big climb. So, yeah, and made it for a very easy race. Like, Yeah. I think I think that is – I think what you spoke about is part of the problem too because I was talking to a couple of women who did race the NRS and mm. um, a few of them made the comment that they didn't even know that they were allowed to do the full distance. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah. them had A lot of them had, I think, had assumed that, um, you know, if the NRS was the shortened version, then mm. that was the only one they could do. Yeah. And I think if you did make the NRS longer, people would do it 
Like you, mm. and you've raced NRS. Like you do the. If you're in an NRS team, you want to race NRS. You get ready for the races they throw at you. You're not like mm. mo- there's a couple of the lower riders might sit that one out, but if you're serious on the NRS, you you get there. You get yourself ready, and you do get whatever they throw at you. You do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think what you said though is is sort of the key part, right? Is there needs to be plenty of warning about that, like as yeah. as you well and truly know from your experience it's not something you can announce five weeks yeah. out but. i think i've been training for it like since nationals so since february yeah i suppose though you look at the men's uh distance you know it's, it had its 60th anniversary this year mm. it may be it may be a case that it doesn't get the momentum in the first year or two but yeah i think when you start looking longer term though at those events and yeah, they will gather momentum as they go along and you will grow participation as you grow, go along. And if it's every single year that, you know, the female NRS are going to be racing that distance, then everybody knows and it's on the calendar and everyone prepped for it like you did. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it. Hopefully. Hopefully one day, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, I might be back next year and maybe there'll be some some other girls in there as well, some extra ones. Maybe if enough people listen to me rant and eventually yeah. love a guy, just give it a long race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say too that it, it is um, a case of it, it is very much early days because as far as I am aware, I mean, that's the first time they've had any race um, for the NRS women on that weekend. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is, um, it is still very much in the early days of, of getting that going. It's only, I think... But it would have been 2014 or 15 was the first year I think there were girls racing in the in the full distance. Yeah, yeah, it was a fairly short on a roll. Um, yeah. Yeah, because for a long time the girls did used to go from Grafton to Glen Innes. Ah. They've done that race for a long time before they allowed them to do the long distance. Yeah, which is interesting because there's lots of girls who – yeah, like we said, can easily do that distance. Why are they limiting the the girls from doing that? And even like we've spoke about it before that like the difference between male and females actually gets less over the long yeah. distance. Like there is more of a difference you'll see in speed and power in a mm. like a crit. But when you take it to a long distance, it's and you see in those enduro races that go for ten plus days that girls often win them. They beat the boys. Yeah. So longer you go, less the actual difference does become between them. It's the same if you've watched the, I think I was watching just the end of the Melbourne to Warner Ball and how they have the girls racing in the with the men there. Quite a few of the girls are quite far forward amongst the men in that race as well. Yeah, I think there was still a couple with that lead group up to about yeah. 30k out or something similar. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mitochondria people, look it up. That's what I, I had a bit of a look at. I started Googling once we spoke about the physiological gap closing the longer the event went on. Yeah. It. I, I went down a rabbit hole I didn't anticipate. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Basically, women are just more efficient than us. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, you know, in the future that you never know, hopefully we'll see it racing full distance because that'll be uh, you know, the NRS women racing that full 228 would be fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah. So um, given you've been punching out these straight up massive weeks um, over the last few months, what's next on the horizon for you? Is- uh, 
next big one will be Tour de Brisbane, um, which has obviously been postponed, um, but I think it's coming up fairly soon now. Uh, hoping I will race that with my WRP racing team. Um, so that will be some good fun. We haven't had a massive chance to race as a team and definitely not at an NRS level. Um, I'll do Marty Bartlett leading up into that. Um, and yeah, and then I think it goes into QRTS after that before we hopefully some more NRS later in the year. That 20 Brisbane is, yeah, I believe it's six or seven weeks away. Um, yeah, yeah. And just for those listening to their entries are still open for that and <laughs> everyone can have a crack too. So I think that's, that's certainly one to get on. Yeah, it yeah. is a good event. There's a few, um, like they do the Grand Fondo version mm. of that as well. So you can do age category racing. So if you're not an NRS racer, there is a division there for you. That course too looks pretty, uh, uh, that they've released looks pretty good too. You know, those road closures through all the bus tunnels and out, uh, out through uh, Ford Avalon Road and everything. It's going to be a cracking course. Yeah, there's some roads that you never get to ride unless it's closed off. So, yeah, that's right. I think they're even closed. I'll stand corrected here, but I think it uh, goes over the Story Bridge even. I believe so. It has in past years or year. Yeah, they, they still go over that. So, and Marty Bartlett, correct me if I'm wrong, is not uh, in two weeks' time, not this coming weekend, next weekend? Yes, that'd be correct. I haven't raced that one before, but. That'll be good fun. I think it's part of the QCRS series, so keen to get yeah. some some of those done. Yeah, it is round two for the QCRS, so um, Metro's is one, and then I think Tyalgum and oh, what's the fourth one? Not Cunningham? Uh, Darren Smith. Um, Darren, Darren Smith, Smith, yeah. Yeah. I do like that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, um, I, I, I will admit I am privy to the early release of Darren Smith course, and it is, it's going to be pretty cool this year. Um. Yeah. If, yeah. if are you gonna a little spoiler here, mate, or is this just a teaser? <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I just I just keep keep punching out those big weeks for it. Is um. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> saying something without saying anything, mate. It's it's the suspense between us. <laughs> if you want to do well at it, do some long case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good. And you said you had a pretty easy by your by your terms week this week. Just a couple yeah. of guys coming off the back of uh, GWI. So are you going to ramp it up now moving into um, Marty Bartlett? Or? Yeah, so had like a rest week this week, which it was nice. Towards the end of the week, though, it starts getting like, oh, I want to get back on the bike, back training. But it was definitely needed, nice and recovered and nice and fresh now. So then we'll kick things back off try and get a bit more intensity in um because i definitely have the endurance from grafton now so pick up that top end speed and and see see what we can do coming into some racing so for your training too i noticed that um you do a bit of zwift and stuff as well what's your thoughts on doing wind training instead of road or is that just because you're time poor oh it's so i was definitely kind of persuaded by Jess to get on and and start using Zwift a little bit more um and my boyfriend as well but it's yeah it is it's very time efficient so I'll often or I'll, or I'll get on there when it's uh quite busy traffic outside so if I don't have time in the morning um and need to 
ride in the afternoon or night. I might get on Zwift if I don't want to go outside on the road when it's busy. Um, or if I have quite a specific session with some very specific efforts, I can put it on erg mode and get those done um, and kind of zone out a little bit rather than watching for cars and everything. But yeah, I'll do, I will do sometimes if I just can't be bothered going out on the road or go on Zwift, but most of the time it's just for those key sessions of some pushing some big power that I can't really replicate on the road. Um, it definitely, it took me a while though to get into it and start enjoying, enjoying Zwift, but I do, I do really love it now. It does take a bit to get used to, like in, but it is a good tool to have, especially for that time poor mm. athlete. And like you said, if you're doing placement for uni and you're you know, planning lessons, get get yeah. ready. It is it is good to condense that. You can you can do a good endurance session in a couple of hours instead of doing four hours on the road. Which so, um, that's something I think has changed training a lot over the last few years. Like I know when I first started riding that. You know, nobody done the trainer and you got laughed at if you did do the trainer <laughs> well now it is it's a bit more accepted yeah i think i've I've seen some people as well when they get injured and they start using the trainer for a couple of weeks and they end up coming out stronger than they were beforehand because they're just you have you have no rest when you're doing efforts on the trainer or when you're racing on the trainer there's no traffic lights no downhills oh there is downhills but less so and all of that. Yeah, I do like it for that race prep to simulate mm. a race because it does, like I'm somebody who needs a few races to get going. So before the first road race of the year, I can do a couple of three, four hour rides on the trainer and just don't stop pedaling. That seems to be, stops the cramps, gets me going. Yeah. I do like it for what you touched on before there, Emma, just um, building your intervals and throwing it into erg mode. Mm. Um, and I love erg mode. Yeah, and I don't well, I don't love it, but it's, it's good for what it's designed for. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm I'm probably a, a, a bit similar to yourself, where you know we're living in an area where you can't really go and do four or five minute intervals or ten minute intervals mm. without running into a traffic light or running into a roundabout, and yeah, you, know, you just have that twenty or thirty seconds that you lose that effectiveness of that interval. So I really like it for that aspect of it. Yeah. Ben's also a big believer of wind trainers. I think they should now, be banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we love them. You're staying very quiet over there. <laughs> uh, I think I, the, I just pull it out once every few months to remind me why I ride in the rain and yeah. why I like cycling. I, I think they're the worst thing that's ever been invented. <laughs> we had the um, your wind trainer under the old cycle coaching tenant nationals and Damo was looking, he's like, is that a new wind trainer? I'm like, well, it's three years old, but I picked it up from Ben's place. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we're well, not it, chasing any sponsorship from, you know, Kicker or from Taxneo on the show because we've just openly shit-canned them. Yeah. Look, there, there is definitely parts of a trainer that you cannot re- replicate anything about riding outside, how fun and social and free riding outside can be and coffee and yeah, a coffee yeah, ab- Absolutely. <laughs> See, I beg the differ because I've had coffee while being on the wind trainer. So I have done can, that before too, actually. <laughs> can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> I've watched lectures while on the wind trainer. I've... Are we selling it to you, Ben? Are you are you going <laughs> to dust it off? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I listen to lectures while in my headphones while I'm out riding, and I've taken coffees on rides, so <laughs> I'm still not sold. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> so I suppose there's probably uh, nothing too much more to dig into apart from the fact, obviously, say that you know, remarkable uh, ride and very impressive and we definitely uh, can't wait to see up, uh, well, we'll probably see you out at uh, Charles Coyne and Muddy Bartlett because we'll, I know I'll be out there and I'm pretty sure Trent will be out there. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Trent. Yeah, we'll be there. Can't miss it. No, no. And you know what? It's it's flat enough that I actually don't mind it. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have a traditional hill climber's body, so I like the flatter races. <laughs> and uh, really looking forward to seeing you up at uh, Tour de Brisbane too, which we're hoping to be along at, pestering everyone as well. So uh, carrying the form that you've got, we're very excited to see how you go over the next six weeks there. Yeah, hopefully can go pretty all right. I think you'll probably go. Once again, your modesty is probably, uh, <laughs> probably kicking in a bit there. <laughs> it's half the distance, so you can win by seven minutes this time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll round it down. <laughs> no, that was, that was um, good. And I think that was a good take-home note for anybody competing in the Grafton that you said you're looking for the goodies in your feed bag. That if you are oh. doing a big event like that, whether it's a Ironman, Grafton, any any mammoth event, it's good just to focus on those those small goals, get to the next feed zone, get a prize. Yeah. And scale it down to that. It's not as daunting as going, all right, 1K down, 227 <laughs> to go. You know, yeah. Right, in 70Ks, I get a treat, I get a prize. Let's do this. Yeah, Let's focus yeah. on that. That's that's one that I learned early on too is, is something that uh, Scott Bradburn would call middle pocket food. And you always put something really, really nice in the bottom yeah. of your middle pocket. I had I had some cookies that I really like in there and some Cokes, vanilla Coke. And that yeah. was what made. And then like my usual ride food because I know that goes down really well and that's what I'm used to. But I was very excited for the Cokes and the cookies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because that has the double whammy too because if you got something to look forward to when you're about an hour to go and mm. if you get dropped up the range and and pretty annoyed with yourself, you've still got cookies and cokes in your pocket. So exactly, it's, it's, it's always it's a good day out. the best part of riding. <laughs> but a lot of event like that is that psychological battle and just getting your head around it. And even those long rides that you're doing and, mm. or have done, and that's why I think too on those long rides, it's, it's just so good to pare it down. Just don't look at, yeah. don't look at the um, big picture. Even things like just, all right, just focus on this hill. Only got 20Ks to go. Mm. You get over it. Let's focus on the downhill. Now it's cookie time. Yeah. <laughs> it, exactly it make, that. Yeah, it's not yeah, as scary. Just, I think for those longer rides as well, like I did I did a couple of them, like some of them, some of the some of the ride with a group and then some of it solo. Some of the whole rides were solo. Some I did I did a ride to Byron and back with dad, which was nice because we had that destination kind of midway. Um, but yeah, on those ones it was just to I knew I was going to be riding all day. I get to eat a lot of food. I get to be out in the sun for a while, and I just, I just decided I didn't, I'd enjoy those days out on the bike, make the most of it, because it's, it's not every day that you, that you can spend all day out riding. Especially, we're very blessed in where we live. You know, there's a lot of places in the world that don't have the luxury due to purely where they live to go out and ride for seven hours. Yeah, I know. Well, Ben, Ben does. He, he would go out no matter where he lived. Rain how was going. So but just uh, out of curiosity, I mean you said that you're not long until you finish uni, is that correct? Yeah. So I 
at this stage, um, I'm so I'm in my fourth year of my Bachelor of Education. Um, I am a bit off course on my degree, so it's a four-year course and I'm going to get it done in about five. So at this stage, if nothing else gets delayed, which could always happen, um, especially with how my cycling's going at the moment because I've got two massive placements next year that we can't really change around the dates um, unless I move it back another year. But I should be finished at the end of next year and be a qualified teacher then. And that's what I was going to ask, sort of casting your mind forward. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm going too, for, too fast. Too no, fast no, 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 not at all. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty slow. There's no doubt about that. Oh, <laughs> casting your mind forward. <laughs> what sort of impact and, and you know, I know it can be done. I know you can juggle mm. full-time work and, and riding and that. Obviously, we spoke before, though, about 25-hour weeks or 20-hour weeks, and I'm yeah. not saying we do that all the time. That was a yeah. lead-up to Grafton, but that'll add a whole another layer of, I suppose, complexity oh, to your training yeah. and to maintaining that really high standard that you have. Have mm. you got any thoughts about how you're going to manage that or are you just going to see oh, what's I, our bridge I, when you come to it? I definitely have lots of thoughts about it. It's like even balancing the, it's well, four and a half, five weeks of placement I've had, which is my longest one I've had so far. And I've definitely, I've had stints where I've worked full time before with training and I, f- I find it very tough every time. And I know there's people, there's plenty of people out there and people with kids as well that train full time and work full time. And I take my hats off to them because it's, it takes a lot of planning and just a lot of pushing through fatigue really. But uh, I am very lucky at the moment because I do have lef- the flexibility of uni and, and a casual work timetable where I can work more when I'm writing less work less when I'm writing more but look there'll definitely be when I'm graduated depends if I can get a job in teaching straight away um if I'm really planning to take my cycling to the next level when in a year's time then I might not go into full-time teaching straight away because it does kind of I don't think I would be able to manage full-time especially as a first-year teacher full-time teaching and full-time training if I want to move up to the next level but uh, it could definitely be done so it's kind of we'll see what happens <laughs> it's good yeah. to have that degree behind you if mm. COVID does pass when you finish your degree and you want to push your cycling forward and go overseas at least um yeah you've got that behind you with a lot of ones who do do that and spend a lot of time over there then they come back no, with, with nothing behind them but yeah. if, even if you spend two or three years in europe and then come back at least you've got that degree and you can step straight yeah. in and we even well, had sam hill on the show last last episode and he's a substitute teacher and works that around oh, his NRS yeah. commitments. which you can i could also do if i wanted to when i'm graduated quite easily and you can teach him all about what's per kilo <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's kind of i I when I did start my uni degree, I wasn't I'd only just got back into riding around socially coffee rides. So I always kind of thought I'd get to the end of my degree and go straight into full time work. But I don't know, I've never never kind of enjoyed racing as much as I do right now. So it's kind of we'll see we'll see what happens. 
think it just takes that stress though if you do decide to put 12 months into cycling and just go all in see what happens that you do have something to fall back on like you are doing it just because it's fun you're not desperate trying to make a career out of it it's like well i'm doing it because it's fun and then we'll see what happens and even for women like they do go bed a lot later than men as well so it almost Mm -hmm. makes sense to do the degree now and then push forward with your cycling yeah i still have heaps of years (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, and you do see that the the females um they seem to peak a lot later than what the males do. Just another thing they're outperforming us in. <laughs> it's my uh, wife's a teacher, Emma, and you touched on before. Oh, that. really? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a good PC as well. So, but yeah. um, she, I, I obviously ruthlessly hang, you know, make jokes at her expense about <laughs> weeks holiday a year, but yeah. they do put in a lot of. <laughs> They do put in yeah. a lot of a lot of time. Um, yeah. It's not just that you know nine to nine to three sort of uh, time frame. So to have that flexibility, like uh, Trent said about having having Sam on, he takes that path of doing um, does supply work. Mm. It's fantastic to have some flexibility there too, or potentially have that flexibility. Yeah, sounds like you're in a good place and mentally and physically, and we're looking forward to seeing what you do at the next few races. Seven minute oh. win at two of the Brisbane, no pressure. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of pressure to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can really add some pressure and say, well, there might not be too many more races in Australia that she does. Might be all might be seeing over the more in the future. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, Emma. I feel like this is oh, a good place you. to wrap it up. Yeah. It's nice catching up with all of you as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's been cool. Yeah. We'll definitely have to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> and discuss that seven minute win <laughs> <laughs> yeah the seven minute to the brisbane win we'll be here yeah. Yeah. well thank, thanks again emma it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and uh yeah once again congratulations on a fantastic win at grafton oh thank you so much thank you very much for listening everyone your support is much appreciated watch this space for some more exciting content that we have in the works